0: Every time was easy when spiritual things would come to mind. I didn't know how to process some things when I was unable to use my logical, rational part of my brain. It was just overwhelmed with emotions and feelings and impulses. I've learned how important it is to have these three things in the right order. We have a spirit, we have a mind, and we have a body. So when the Holy Spirit is leading our person, our whole being, spirit, mind, body, that's going to lead us into truth, to peace, and to the right direction that God wants us to be in. If we have the mind leading first, the mind is rational, so it should be telling the body, this is what we shouldn't do. The body has impulses, the mind has thoughts, and the spirit overpowers those things. So we need to have the spirit telling our mind, Where pieces? it's from Jesus. Where we should be going is a place to minister to people. What should we be doing with our time? Take care of others, speak the truth in love, stay in the Bible, pray, have a relationship with God that is moving, that is growing, that is active. The mind set by those guidelines should then be telling the body, this is how we're gonna do the day. We're gonna set our priorities, We're going to do these things to take time in the word. We're going to do these things to center our thoughts. We're going to pray to God. We're going to speak to wise counsel to other believers who have the right encouragement that comes from Christ, that points you in a healthy direction, that helps others also. And the body is what tells us, hey, I'm hungry. Hey, I feel like doing this thing that's sinful. Okay, well, now that's where the mind comes in and says, hey body, you know it's not supposed to happen that way. We don't do that. And the Holy Spirit is confirming, no, you don't do that. Your body is a temple and this is how you should use it. Check out the books of the Bible. So all that to say, I've mentioned before how I felt like the Holy Spirit led me to safety, like at that airport at three in the morning, but it still took so many instances after that to reaffirm and reaffirm that the spirit needs to be in control if we don't have the holy spirit leading us then we're just being led by our own impulses mentally and physically what are (laughs) what's the goal there to satisfy the body to live as long as we can and have your thoughts always excited and motivated entrepreneurship okay slow down we have a soul that the Holy Spirit occupies. When we give our lives to Christ, this body is now a temple. The things that we do with our hands should be edifying to Christ. The things that we do with our feet, where we walk, how we take care of our body, we should be taking care of it as though we were taking care of the Lord's temple. He made such a big deal out of dwelling with his people in the Old Testament so we could see how important that is. When they had a tent for a tabernacle, That was where they met with the Lord. That was where sacrifices were made. But they also had, years, centuries later, Solomon built the tabernacle for the Lord. God also dwelt in the Ark of the Covenant when the Israelites were mobile. (laughs) But just, he had a place to dwell with his people and it was from dwelling with him that they knew how to live. It was from being in his presence that we that they, that we could, if we were there, that they could learn what God has next for them. How should they be directing their lives? How should they be directing their steps? By listening to what God says. So what did he do? He gave them 10 commandments, rules to live by. Did they follow all of those commandments? No, that's why they needed sacrifice. And just the same way for us, we know that the law of the Lord talks about loving God before all else, have no idols, love other people, do not steal, kill, lie, cheat, covet, keep the Sabbath day holy, and so on. Those laws point out in our lives where we've failed. We cannot keep every single law in this life. We are gonna fail in one way or another and to just break that one law we've already sinned against God. We've already chosen to do something contrary to His will for our life. But if we have the Holy Spirit in us, we have the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ who lived a perfect human life, who died the perfect sacrifice that knew no sin, but sin was the weight on his shoulders. He took all of that onto the cross so that we could let it go. And he came back to life to prove that he has victory over death. And he gave that life to us. So now that we have the Spirit of Christ dwelling in us, we have the Spirit of Christ, His sacrifice, that is confirmed by His Holy Spirit in our lives, leading us what Romans says, The law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death meaning the law that you can't keep, that results in death once you sin against it. But when the Lord judges us, I was just reading this earlier today. Let's see. It was 1 Corinthians 10. And it says, where is it? Maybe it was 1 Corinthians 11. It was 11. So I'm turning to that page right now. It talks about when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world that's something that our, our culture just doesn't understand. They use the term judgment to say, I think you're wrong and I'm condemning you. No, judgment is discernment between what's right and wrong. We don't have this the power to justly judge people. When we judge people, we see a flaw in them. And usually that's because we first seen that flaw in us that we know how to recognize that flaw. That's why the concept of take the plank out of your own eye and then you can take out the speck from your brother's eye. It's first making yourself right with Christ so that you are able to go to a brother or sister and encourage them with what you've learned, what God's convicted you of. And once you share that with them, they have the choice to allow God to convict their heart, whether or not they should be doing that thing. So I say all this in tandem with the concept of the law kills Because And that's why they had sacrifices. But because Jesus is the eternal sacrifice, we don't have to worry about keeping the law. He said that only these two laws remain. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. All of the laws are wrapped up in these two things. The law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death because through Christ Jesus though the law was powerless because it was weakened by the flesh God did through his own son so that we might know righteousness. He talks about how though the body is dead because of our sin, sin results in death, the spirit is life because of righteousness. The spirit of Christ that dwells in us brings us life. So if we're going through the day, for example, I wake up, okay, I feel like going for a walk, but I also have plans. So maybe I should read the Bible. Should I cram it in? Should I wait until I have two hours to myself? Doesn't matter. Time in the word is never a waste, whether it's for five seconds or for five days. It is never a waste of time to sit down, even if you only have time to read one verse and to take that message from the Lord and carry it with you And how you go about your day. Checking in with God saying, hey, where are my thoughts right now? Lord, I need you to direct my thoughts. Why do I feel so frozen, so anxious, so confused about what I'm supposed to be doing in this moment? Why do I feel that lack of peace if you promise peace? Well, yes, we can pray for peace, but what does it say in Philippians 4? It talks about how we need to be thankful And as a result of being thankful and praying to God, then we will experience the perfect love of Christ that comes without understanding. It's peace beyond what we can comprehend. So, as I speak more and more about this, the concept that keeps coming to mind is that these two laws remain, right? Love God, love people. And then there's also a passage that talks about three things. Faith, hope, and love. Love is God. Love is perfect. It's caring. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Love is patient, kind, not envious or boastful, or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then it says, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. God is love. God is the one who, when they're talking about love, says, he does not insist on your own way. On his own way. He does not force us to believe in him. He gives us that freedom. And when we choose him, we have faith, that Jesus Christ was the one prophesied throughout the whole Old Testament, the law, the prophets, everything. And then he came, he said what he was gonna do. He would be dead and raise the temple, raise his body back to life in three days. And he went into heaven, gave us the spirit of life, his Holy Spirit. And we have faith in that fact that Jesus came and he did what he said he would do. And he's never gonna leave us. That's faith. And we know that God is love. And the third item, hope. We have hope that Jesus Christ is coming back. We don't know the day or the time. We can look at the seasons of time. We can look at the different whatever books of the Bible refer to the last days. I know a lot of it's revelation, but that's another study for another time. (laughs) But the hope is something that we can't see. We can't hope for something that we already see. So what we're hoping for in Christ is that our life is secured in Him now, that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which allows us, through Jesus, to come to the Father, to come to dwell in His presence, which is Heaven. Perfectly in His presence. No more distractions. No more death or decay. These bodies that we're in, they fall apart. But it's because the Holy Spirit lives within us that we, spiritually, are alive. So that when this body finishes aging, and learning, and processing, and understanding, once this body completely dies, goes back to dust, from dust to dust, we shall return. The Spirit lives on. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit of God, we are going to be in hell. Hell meaning the absence of God's presence. God is everywhere. But when you're choosing to reject God, he justly delivers those who reject him to be in the lake of fire where the enemy was punished, where Lucifer was sent to go. Lucifer is called the prince of the power of the air. But he is a prince, he doesn't have authority. God is stronger than his own creation, he created Satan. He knew that Satan would fall. He knew that he would take angels with him. He knew that he would have to cast them in a lake of fire. And God chose to create humans in his own image, give them life and breath and a good thing. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And they walked and talked with God in the garden of Eden. And God knew that Satan would still not rest until he knew that he had people under his control. He wanted to hurt God. He already rejected God, but then he went a step further and just everything about his entire being was, I'm going to destroy God's creation. When sin entered into the world where Adam and Eve dwelt in the earth, that sin came in and it welcomed death. So now God was actually Granting mercy on Adam and Eve. Once they ate the tree from the fruit, the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they now knew what evil was. And God knew that they would fall and he knew how much evil could take over their lives once they let it. So the other tree in the garden was the tree of life. And once you eat that tree of life, you're gonna live forever. And he did not want them to live forever in sin. He did not want them to live forever with that duality of evil and good in their mind at all times. So what does he do? He prepares a way for us to be cleansed from our sin. He prepares us to be in eternity with him as if we ate the fruit from the tree of life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to God. He is the truth that God is with us, he wants us, he craves our relationship, and that when we have a relationship with him, it is when we truly have life. So I guess the main thing today is just, where is your energy coming from? Are you relying on the Lord from scripture to say, oh, that's what I'm learning today. Okay, God, I know that I need to be led by your spirit. Or, oh, I need to take care of others before I consider myself. Or, I need to wash the feet of somebody because that is a beautiful image that you've placed on my heart to act out. There are so many things God can be calling us to do, but we need to be faithful and remember that this body, this temple, is all His. Once we give it to Christ, that's every single part of our being. So whether you're washing someone's feet, you're washing a car you're making a big business move, whatever it is, do it for the glory of God. Jesus came for the glory of God. He showed us the right way to live, that even when he was to the point ready to die, he still had that anxiety, but he brought it to God knowing that he would have to give his life, knowing the purpose that he was about to fulfill, but still cried out to God, if possible, Take this cup away from me. Take this death away from me. I don't want to do it, but not my will, but your will be done. So whether we're afraid, confused, scared, just lacking peace and feeling like we're cut off from his presence, all we have to do is just say, Jesus, and let it go from there. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I don't understand. Jesus, don't let me go. He will never let go, but we have to remember to cling to him so that we may have life and have it abundantly. This body is a temple that is designed to decay, but an eternal life that is meant to live forever. We have eternal life only through the Holy Spirit. We have a soul that lives forever. But it's only by the Holy Spirit that we can be in perfect life, in God's presence. So, if there's anything in here that might have been confusing, maybe some of my words weren't perfect the way I described things, I encourage you to please check scripture. I quoted a little bit from 1 Corinthians 13 today. I quoted a little bit from 1 Corinthians 11 also. And Romans 8. So I encourage you to look at the law, look at what God says about the law, and just be led by the Spirit. Because that's all God really asks us to do. Once we know Him, we read His Word, we learn it, meditate on it. We are led by the Spirit when we minister to fellow believers, when we serve non believers, when we evangelize, and we need to be praying in all things. So I pray that tonight, Your relationship with God would take priority. And whatever moment that he opens up for you, choose to prioritize him. Not just to check a box. Not just to say, I read the right amount of verses today. Just take the moment to be with him and pray and say, God, what do you need me to be learning right now? What do you have for me? I want to hear you. Like Samuel, speak. Lord, your servant is listening. I pray that we would always keep listening. And always keep asking because Jesus is the answer every time.